Hi, and welcome to another great message from Noosa Church. We pray that you're impacted and inspired by this teaching. For more information and service times, check out our website at noosa.church. Enjoy. Well, welcome to week 10. Can you believe that we have been joining together on YouTube for 10 weeks now? Incredible. In some ways, it feels like it's gone in the blink of an eye, but then it feels like an eternity in so many other ways. And who knows how many more weeks we'll be doing this, but I don't know about you. I'm starting to get my groove, embrace the awkward, as I said last week, and um, embrace what it is that is set before us in this season. And so I started thinking lately about what may be on the other side of this. I can't say that I have much insight on the matter as I don't watch or read anything to do with COVID-19. So for me, it's probably about being present in the moment whilst contemplating and planning for the what's next. In so many ways, I feel like we've been given this gift of a reset button. And I would be so disappointed if we defaulted back to the same. I've been thinking a lot about the children of Israel and their time of rest, what they learnt and what their consequences were for not listening to God in this season. To a degree in this gifted time of rest that we've been given, I know for many of you it hasn't necessarily been a positive thing. But I think there's a large percentage of the population that, let's face it, would never have allowed a season of rest in their life without being forced. That would be me. So, would you turn with me this morning to the book of Leviticus? And I know for many of you, you've already journeyed through this book as we've gone together as a family reading the Bible through in a year. So, this will be uh, familiar scriptures to you. And it says, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I give you, then the land shall keep a Sabbath to the Lord. Six years you shall sow your field, and six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather its fruit. But in the seventh year there shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land, a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall neither sow your field nor prune your vineyard. What grows, is, what grows of its own accord of your harvest you shall not reap nor the gather the grapes of your untended vineyard or vine. For it is a year of rest to the land, and the Sabbath produce of the land shall be food for you, for you, for your male and female servants, your hired man and the stranger who dwells with you, for your livestock and the beasts that are in the land. All its produce shall be for food. And then if we jump down to verse 18, So you shall observe my statutes and keep my judgments and perform them. And you will dwell in the land in safety. Then the land will yield its fruit and you will eat your fill and dwell there in safety. And if you say, what shall we eat in the seventh year since we shall not sow nor gather in our produce? Then I command, shall command my blessing on you in the sixth year and it will bring forth produce enough for three years. And you shall sow in the eighth year and eat old produce until the ninth year. Until its produce comes in, you shall eat of the old harvest. Anyone like the idea of God commanding his blessing upon them? 
What a powerful scripture. I feel like in this season, we are in, are in the seventh year. We are in a Sabbath year. Everything that was central has come to a standstill. And there's now room for him to become central. Isn't it interesting that we don't even have the busyness of church life in this season? You're not coming early to serve or staying late or, or doing the things that you would ordinarily even be doing on a Sunday. All that extra that once filled our life is no longer there. And it hasn't been for a few months now. So what have we done with the last few months? I'll be the first to admit that, yes, I have watched some very trashy TV shows. I've done a clean out and an op shop dump. I've cleaned my ceiling fans. Yep, some desperation there. Uh, started cleaning my couch, but bailed on that idea way too hard. And it's just seemed like an endless, impossible task. Um, and definitely uh, engaged in a little bit of online shopping and eaten more chocolate than should be consumed at any one time. So there's been a lot of that, but I'm happy to say that there has definitely been some value practices that have upped. Uh, I've found so many more moments to spend in his word, which I have just loved. I've enjoyed days of worship music on at home and, and hearing my girls get to know so many more songs and, and singing them throughout the day. I've had many more slow moments where I've found myself engaging in more conversation with him. I've had those moments of, of people popping into my head and, and being able to pray for them and, and connect with them. And I've loved my time down the hub. I've loved stepping into that space and meeting new people and just depositing the love of God into the lives of people that I wouldn't ordinarily come in contact for. So a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land, a Sabbath to the Lord. What was the purpose of this Sabbath? You'll remember in Genesis that after six days of creation, God declared a day of rest. Would God have needed physical rest? I very much doubt so. Or would it have been a day where God would have sat back and enjoyed his creation, enjoyed his handiwork, enjoyed his surroundings, enjoyed interacting with what it was that came out of him creatively? God then passes this day to his people in Exodus and in 28, we, he says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Holy, set apart, sanctified, consecrated, dedicated this day. The other six days are much the same. We wake, we eat, we sleep, and we do all that again. But on the seventh day, it must stand out from the rest. Its purpose is to be different from the rest of the days. And not just the day, but also ourselves. 1 Peter calls us to be holy, for he is holy. Be set apart, be dedicated. This is something that really sets us apart from others that don't walk with him. Rest is natural. It's, it's something that's very personal to ourselves, sometimes very selfish, um, it's purely about me and, and my needs. A Sabbath rest is the opposite. It has our focus on him. But as we focus on him, we receive our rest and we get what it is that our, our body needs and that our mind needs. 
In Exodus 33, he says, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. I love this. Rest and God's presence. They're ultimately intertwined. Only through the presence of God could anyone have full and complete rest and full and complete peace. Rest equals worship. And worship puts our life into perspective. To stop working and truly rest in God's presence. When we practice this intentional stop, we make room for him to take up residence in our individual lives. Call, come to me, all you who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. To not rest in our life is to essentially live a life of worry and fear. Psalms 27 says, It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, to worry. For so he gives his beloved sleep. Love that scripture. And in Matthew, most of us know this scripture. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all of these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So God established that, that the seventh year would be a year of rest from occupying the land. A sabbatical year. Consider what that would look like. For some of you, you don't even have to dream about what that may look like. You're, you're sitting in that season right now. You're no longer working your job or your business going off each and every day. You might be living off the income of your business. You might be living off savings, whatever it may be, but you haven't got that regular paycheck coming in day in, day out. Instead, you're in that position of having to uh, trust something beyond what your hand is being put to each and every day. It wasn't just the year that God was asking them to survive. The next year they have to sow a crop and it wouldn't be until the ninth year that they would again see the harvest. That was a considerable length of time for them to live off the promise of God. God expected from them extraordinary instances of faith and obedience. 
And in turn, they might expect from God extraordinary instances of power and goodness in providing for them in that season. And just in case you were thinking that you were going to live off that little bit of crop that may come in during that time, uh, then think again. God reminds us that it doesn't belong to us. And actually, it's not just to feed us in that season. It's to feed those that are in and around about us. It's to feed the animals and, and the random animals that may walk onto our land. At that time of harvest in the sixth year, God is asking me to trust him that there will be enough seed to live off. That there will be enough seed for those around about me to live off and that there will be enough seed in that season to then plant in the next year. That's a big step of faith. That's a big position for him to put us into. So what did the children of Israel learn? from their Sabbath. I believe they learn to not live a life of worry, but a life of faith. I believe that they learnt how to, to work well, but also to rest well. I believe they learnt that it all belongs to God. So keep that in perspective, that we do not live by bread alone. I believe they learnt that it was a marathon, not a sprint. That it's not just about this harvest. It's not just about the harvest in my lifetime, but it's about the harvest for my children's children. It's about the consequences. If I don't rest the land in my lifetime, who is going to reap those consequences down the track? We need more than just time around the everyday in our life to make him central. I believe that they, that they saw how to, to pull themselves out of the everyday life, to not be defined by what they did, just to allow themselves in that season to rest and be with him. I believe that they learned how to store up provision for others. They learned that the abundance of their harvest, that it wasn't just for them. It wasn't even just for their family. It was for so much more than just those around about them. I was thinking about it this week when I was thinking about the mercy mandate that our church established. And I thought, God, what incredible timeliness that that was in that season for our eldership to, to pray into that and release that into the church. You know, in a, in a season of harvest, we were able to put aside the finances so that in a season of rest, when there is much need, we're in a position to be able to bless the lives of so many people out of that. And I think, God, you knew. You knew the exact position that Noosa Church needed to be in, to be able to be the hands and feet of Christ to the community at this time. A Sabbath of solemn rest. Am I talking about not working on a Sunday? No, but I think that would be a great start. Not necessarily a Sunday, but if you're working seven days and you're not carving time out for him, then I challenge you that you're living your life from a place of worry and fear. Your faith is in you. You're living your life for yourself rather than for him. It's the exact same principle with our finances. If we're giving him the first portion 
then we're trusting him with it and it's not owning us. Nothing and no one outside of God should own us. In Mark, he says, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. God never intended for it to be a law of bondage, as the Pharisees tried to put onto Jesus in that moment, but a law of liberty. You know, the children of Israel, when they lived in the land of Egypt, they didn't see any rest. You know, for many of them, they, they grew up only knowing work and hard labor. So for them, it was about the promise of entering into the promised land or the promise of entering into God's rest from that season. Hebrews 4 talks about us laboring to enter into God's rest, not to become like the children of Israel who walked out of Egypt, but due to their unbelief, were never, never able to walk into his promises. We're to cease from our own works. Under the new covenant, Jesus Christ is our high priest and our Sabbath rest. We can therefore walk in this rest every moment of every day. You know, it's one thing to know what is true and another to remain mindful of that truth. A truth forgotten is a truth lost. God established the Sabbath day to remind man that he's made in his image. To call us away with him, to commune with him. He's calling to us again, will you shut off the noise and will you enter my rest? Will we love more deeply? Will we serve more faithfully? Will we listen more intently? Will we speak more purposefully? Act more graciously? Worship more fervently? Will we give him every breath that comes out of this? Church, this season is now more than ever a God season. What is God calling you into this season? It's very easy to get distracted and sit on the couch as with any season, but we've been given this gift, this gift of stopping, this gift of time. And so my challenge for myself and I, and I hope my challenge for you in this season, don't look back and regret. Don't look back and regret where you invested your time. Look back and see the gift that he's given you and grab it with two hands and run with it. Run with it and say, 2020 was a defining year in my life because I entered into his rest like never before. I sought him like never before and I found him. I worshipped him like never before. I loved on him like never before. I found his revelation like never before. That's the gift that God is giving us in this season. And you know what? When we come back together, when we come back together, the gift of God that we've got in our lives to deposit into the family around about us and our community is going to be so much more precious. Yes, it's going to look different, but it's going to look a great different. It's going to be more powerful. It's going to be more valuable. It's going to be something that we're, we're proud to say, you know what? It's not about us. 
it's about him. Will you bow your heads and will you pray with me this morning? Father, we glorify you. Lord, we declare that that this is your day. Your day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, we will be glad for for the place that we're at today and, and we look forward in hopeful expectation of what comes next. God, of what you'll do out of this season, where you'll take us, the impact on our community, on our family, on our businesses. Lord, only you know. And so, Father, today we declare that we stand in faith. We stand in faith and we stand on your promises, Father God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that as we put you first, Lord, as we choose to to seek you, Lord, that you will shower your abundant blessings down on us. Lord, that we will seek you and find you, that we will find the gold, that we will find the revelation, that we will find more of you in this season. Lord, draw us in as we draw near to you, we pray. Continue each and every day to lead and guide us. Continue to to use us, God. Lord, that we may... Lord, stop the the sounds of this world, the busyness of this world and just focus on you. May we hear your voice like never before and tune into you. Lord, we love you. We honour you. We worship you with everything that is within us. And we thank you for what you're doing in our life, Father. In your precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, I pray that you have a powerful week of resting in him this week, that you find peace and rest and those moments just to to get away with him. And I can't wait to hear about what he's doing in your life. Bless you, church. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching, that you've been encouraged and challenged. To stay up to date with our latest messages, you can subscribe to our podcast. For more information, resource or service times, please check out our website at noosa.church.